the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to start this homily with a theology on baptism. Because we are in the season of Denha, the Epiphany. Last week we remember Jesus baptized in the Jordan. The voice of the Father says, You are my Son, in whom the Father says the same thing to all of us baptized. You are my Son, you are my daughter. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in the form of a dove, the Holy Spirit is in you and upon you because the Lord has anointed you. Amen? Amen. So this word, um, and so John the Baptist, he said, I baptize with water for repentance. There is one coming after me. He will baptize you with, repeat after me, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. and fire. So the baptism of Jesus is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now this word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo. And this word means to fully submerge, to be fully immersed, and to be overwhelmed. So when we receive baptism, we are to be fully consumed and overwhelmed in the Holy Spirit, the love of God. So, if we are to be fully consumed in God, in the Spirit, I ask you, are you? Are you fully consumed by the love of God? Or really, another question is, what consumes you? What overwhelms you? I have a question. Who here normally goes to 7.30 Mass but is only here because the Lions are playing tonight? You raise your hand. Thank you for being honest because you're still fulfilling your obligation while also recognizing that you might be fully consumed by the lions tonight. What are you fully consumed by? I'll be honest, all week I've been stressed out because Matthew Stafford cannot come back to Detroit and beat the lions. It's going to bother me. I don't know. It sounds like it's not going to bother many of you. But it will bother me. And I've been tempted to be fully consumed by something that's not meant to consume me. What are you fully consumed by? What takes over your life? And if we are baptized by the Holy Spirit, we are meant to be fully consumed by the love of Jesus. Is Jesus your everything? The fulfillment of all your desire? Or is it the lions? Are you fully consumed by yourself? Do you look at yourself in the mirror? Are you fully consumed by how you look and your appearance or your reputation? Are you fully consumed by working out? Are you fully consumed by your looks? Are you fully consumed by school? I know a lot of times when, like when we have finals week coming up, students are fully consumed by their studies. Are you fully consumed by money? Is money always on your mind? And that leading to anxiety. What fully consumes you? Now many of these things, family, are not bad things. It's okay to care about the Lions tonight. No big deal. I'm still going to watch the game even though I have Mass tonight. And honestly, God was like, John, you're going to have Mass during the Lions game because I need to strip some of what you're consumed by. 
We need family. We have Ba'utha coming up, and then we have Lent. And those times are meant to be a purification of things we're not meant to be consumed by. Because Jesus is meant to be our all in all. Does anyone here, I have a question, does anyone here have a garden? Does anyone here garden? Anyone? Raise your hand. You got a couple here? Okay, we're Chaldean. Of course we garden, okay? And I'm going to have, we're going to have some fun here. All right. Here we have some soil and we have a little seed, okay? Can I get like one of the kids to come up and just help me out? Here you go, buddy. Thank you. I just won. I'm sorry. All right. Here's a seed. I'm going to dig. I'm going to dig a little bit. And I want you to put that seed in there, okay? All right. Good job. Way to go. Can we give him a round of applause? All right. This seed is now fully consumed, basically baptized. This seed is baptized in soil. When you plant a seed, where do you plant it? Jesus gives us this amazing parable in Matthew 13 saying that the seed is sown among the path, among rocky ground, among thorns, and among good soil. When you plant a seed, you're meant to plant it in good soil. And I have another question. When you plant, you, when you plant the seed in the soil, can you see the seed anymore? You can't see it. You trust that it's going to grow because it's in good soil. There's going to be sun out. We're going to water it. What consumes you? Are you like this seed planted in good soil? Like the Holy Spirit? We're meant to be consumed, planted in the Spirit of God so that we can grow and bear good fruit. But if other things in our life consume us, like being planted on path, on the rocky ground, among thorns in which we are being consumed by the anxieties and worldly temptations, then our seed is not going to grow as it is meant to grow. I'm going to give us a little transition. St. Augustine said, Men, in his confessions, men go abroad to wonder at the heights of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long course of rivers, at the vast compass of the oceans, at the circular motion of the stars. Repeat after me. And they pass by themselves, and they pass by themselves. Without, wondering. without wondering. Family, think back at one of the most beautiful sights you've ever seen. Maybe for parents, it's the time you saw your child at the, like the first moment you saw your baby. And you're just like, oh. or have you ever been somewhere so beautiful and you're like, wow. Have you ever like, for me, one of my favorite things is to be on like an ocean coast and look out into, into like, the sea and be like, where does it go? Where does it end? Wow. Family, we have to be wondering at where this all came from. St. Augustine said, we can see all of these things 
And so many people go their entire lives recognizing the beauty of, of this world, the beauty of creation, and they pass by themselves never wondering. If we are not consumed by God, we will lose our wonder. Repeat after me. May we never lose our wonder. wonder. I'm going to transition to the gospel. And the gospel of John begins just as the Bible in Genesis begins. In the beginning. But John goes somewhere different. Genesis says, in the beginning God created. John's gospel says, in the beginning was. John is telling us to contemplate what is before the beginning. Who was in the beginning and before the beginning? Can you tell me? God. Say God. God. Yes? No? Okay. God was in the beginning before the beginning because he created the beginning. I'm going to say that again. God was in the beginning before the beginning. What can be before the beginning? God. Because he created the beginning. One time a kid asked me, kids, are you still with me? A kid asked me, Father John, who created God? What a beautiful question. Have you ever, like, are you like this child who's wondering, wait, you're telling me God created all things, but who created God? Are you like this child who was wondering, who's asking questions, Repeat after me. May we never lose our wonder. And so I said to this kid, Habibi, good job, good question. I, I affirmed his wonder, his desire. The answer is no one created God because God is the uncreated creator. God always existed because God is. As God revealed himself to Moses, I am who I am. Say to them, I am, which means I exist. This is a truth that even non-religious people, philosophical people can understand because the, the reasoning is something can't come from nothing. And so if something is to exist, it had to be created by that which existed before all things. Are you lost? Are you lost? Repeat after me. Something can't come from nothing. If, so if there is to be anything, it can only be created by that which existed before everything. The creator, God, existed before creation because he is, period. Philosophically, this makes sense because where did it come from? Are you still with me? You see the whole world, all of creation, do not pass by without wondering. Repeat after me. May we never lose our wonder. All right, John continues. John's gospel continues and says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
Now we're getting to a revelation. Because those first three words in the Bible of John, the Gospel of John, are things that we can all accept, philosophically speaking. But now we have God revealing himself to us. In the beginning was the... Who's the Word? The Word was God. The Word was with God. But in particular, in what Revelation is saying, who is the Word? Not yet. Almost. Someone said Jesus. Who's Jesus? The Son. In the beginning was the Son. And the Son was with the Father. Very good. Where's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the unity of Father and Son. The Holy Spirit is love. God reveals himself as a trinity of love. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Repeat after me. May we never lose our wonder. Now here's another mystery though. A mystery of God revealing himself. John 1.14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. God is both omnipotent, the creator of all, all-powerful, all-knowing, and God is intimate. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God came to this world to reveal who he is and to save us from our sin. We come to know God through how he reveals himself in the Son. John 1.18 says, No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's bosom, has revealed him. Matthew 11 says, No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And Colossians 1, here's one of my favorites. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and earth, the visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Repeat after me. May we never lose our wonder. I said earlier, if we are not consumed by Jesus, we will lose our wonder. If we are consumed by other things in this world that are not bad in themselves, but if they take us from being baptized in the Spirit of God, we will lose our wonder. So may we never lose our wonder. Let us stand well with joy and gladness, and let us implore and say, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. We pray for all priests to be examples of holiness, love, and mercy to the people of God. We implore you. Lord, have mercy on us. 
We pray for all those who are battling the disease of cancer, that God may give them strength to carry their 